Today we welcome Albert Archuleta. That's a cool last name, by the way. Archuleta. Archuleta. Do you pronounce it Archuleta or Archuleta? It depends who I'm talking to. <laughs> there you go. With me, how would you say it? Archuleta. Archuleta. I like that. Okay, so welcome to the show, brother. Hell yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, so we've known each other for a while. Um, the way we met was through your craft, the craft of being a barber. Um, how long has it been since you became a barber and a business owner? By the way, and a massive entrepreneur as well. So how long has Thank it been? Um, I started barbering just over 10 years ago um, in 2013 in October. And I opened up my business in June, about June of 2016. Okay. Around and the same I, time I met you. Same time you met me. Okay. Yeah, so we, we met when, when it was store number one then. Yeah. And then how many stores do you have now? Uh, three locations now. Three locations. So tell us where, they, where they're located. Um, so the first one that I started was is in Murray, okay. on just right off the I-15 freeway. Um, the next one is in West Valley. And this is all Utah, by the way. Yep, West Valley, Utah. And then the third one, I've been wanting to come to or go to Orem, so the third one's in Orem, just right off Center Street. Okay, so you're all the way down here now in what yeah. we call Utah County. Cool. Yep. And the name of the business, what I love about you is you're always rocking your brand, so you always. believe in you. So the name of your business is? Regal Barber Co., Love it, love it. And why why did you choose the name Regal? Um, so when I was looking up names, you know, I, I knew I wanted to start a business. And, uh, you know, we're all about, as a barber, you're there to take care of people, treat them like royalty, treat them like kings. And, you know, that's the vision that I had, you know, and that's what had what I had been doing since I started barbering. So I was like, okay, cool. I want to start a barbershop to let people know, you know, we're going to treat you right, treat you like a king. So I just looked up, uh, you know, just different different possibilities, and I saw the word Regal, and it just kind of, you know, I was like, oh, I like that. You know, I also like the old school car, the Regal, you know. So, um, you know, I just was like, all right, cool, Regal Barber Co. So Beautiful. Awesome. And you have a lot, like a wide array of clients. You, you service a lot of what we would, everybody's a VIP, obviously, at Regal. Right. But a, like a lot of business people, a lot of athletes, yeah. like you've been able to really cater to a broad spectrum of clientele, which that's a special skill. Not everybody yeah. can do that. So props to you for, for understanding emotional quotient, meaning emotional intelligence to be yeah. able to take your skill set, sell skills and take them out to market. Right. Um, now, every once in a while, I see you posting um, stuff about your background, what your past is, because you're really proud of where you are today. Yeah. Do you mind digging in just a little bit of your upbringing and kind of how you started your entrepreneurial spirit, maybe off the beaten path a little bit? Yeah. Um, Whatever yeah. you're willing to share. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up, you know, I had a, I grew up with a, you know, a stepdad and a love, loving stepdad, loving mother, you know, it was good. Um, you know, and I grew up in Kearns, Taylorsville and like West Jordan area. And it, it was cool. Um, you know, towards a little, as I started getting older, becoming a teenager, you know, my, uh, you know, my parents started splitting up. So, you know, obviously as a kid, you know, you want to be accepted. So I started kind of going out to the streets and venturing out. And did you feel like some of that acceptance wasn't being granted at the house? I'm sure. Yeah. Now that so I look back at it, it. Yeah. Now elsewhere. that I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, that, that's what it was. So yeah, you know, I just, I, I had a lot of friends that I was real close to and, uh, you know, sometimes they'd get in trouble, you know, and, and, you know, we'd run the streets and, you know, just, I wasn't in sports. I wasn't, you know, I didn't get put in at anything to kind of keep me productive. You know, that's why I got my kids in sports now, because I understand how important it is to keep sure. the kids busy. Um, 
So yeah, I just run, started running the streets a little bit, you know, got in a little bit of trouble. Um, I've, I have family members that, you know, gangbang and sell drugs, you know, and, and, you know, I have family members that are like, hey, man, you need some money? You know, I, c I could show you how to make some money, you know, and it, it just started just, you know, just selling a little bit of weed, you know? You know, I, I get X amount and, you know, sell it, break it down and sell it, make a little bit of profit. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That was easy. You know, I didn't even have to work. You know, but at the t even before that, you know, even while I did that, I even started a job doing sales, door to door sales when oh, I was really? younger too. Yeah, I used to sell newspaper sh subscriptions okay. for the newspaper agency, so I did that for a while. So you know, I've all I'm always like trying to make money, right? But when I started selling drugs, I was kind of like, yo, this is like a little fast track. Like, you know, I could I could skip some steps, you know. So I started doing that, and uh, you know, just one thing led to another. Started selling more drugs, getting into other kind of drugs that I was selling. Um, you know, just got mixed up with the the wrong crowd. You know, a lot of it was family. Obviously, I'm the one that made the choice to, you know, decide to gangbang and stuff like that. So, yeah, just, just over time, I just started selling more drugs. And, you know, that just ultimately landed me in prison. You know, I caught some, you know, I was just being reckless. I really didn't care. You know, the people that I was around, they, they all went to prison. So, to me, it was normal if... I went to prison, you know, it was almost like you're earning your stripes or, you know, that's just what it was. You know, it's just like the path that we was following. So yeah, that was the culture. That was the system yeah. that you were a part of. Right. Um, what was your wake up call? Because obviously mm. there was a wake up call. When right. was it? What was it? Well, a huge wake up call is when I was in prison. Um, I had two kids by the time I went to prison. So my I had my daughter at 17, my son at 18. So then I went to prison when they were about two and three. Um and just being away from them, you know, like prison, it, like handling myself, I could do that, you know, like when it comes to being in that environment, that was something that I was used to. So it wasn't like it was, it wasn't the best, but I could handle myself, you know, but what I couldn't handle was like, you know, getting letters about, you know, your kids are doing this and that and, and not being able to help them, Yeah, you know, and then even... Fast forward to like towards the end of my bid, like my daughter came and visited me one time and and um, just just seeing her like when I when when she had to leave, just seeing her face when I had to go back and she had to leave. She was super sad. And, you know, yeah. that broke my heart. So. That was a wake up call. So you had yeah. a big why and that big right. why gave you the house of how to get out of that life. Right. And then. I guess what would the advice be to people that are maybe thinking about getting into that fast track, which is really a slow track. Right, li right. Li lies have speed, but truth has endurance. Right. At some point, the truth and right is going to settle in. And that fast track is not going to be a fast track anymore. In fact, that's going to put you way behind. Way behind. So what would the advice be for the young entrepreneurs that are thinking about maybe doing it the wrong way when they should be taking the path that you're on now? Right. What would the advice be? Um, I, that's one thing I love to do. I, I love to mentor, you know, these young kids that are on the path. Um, you know, it, I don't know if you noticed, like I was coaching boxing for a while too at a yeah. youth, you know, like, so I like helping inner city youth and people at risk. We go cut hair at the VOA, you know, time to time, which is all, you know, inner city youth that are in trouble. And, you know, I, a lot of the things I do, I just kind of talk to and, them. And hold on. They listen to you, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because just been there, done that, gone through it. They'd listen to you probably more than somebody like me right. that hasn't gone through those um, experiences. Right. Because you're like, hey, I'm speaking from experience. Listen to me. Right. I know what it's like. I did it. You don't want to do that. So you're a powerful voice. 
right now for folks. And I, I mean, I tell them, I, I look like that. They, they see my tattoos. They see my gold chains. They're like, yo, you look like you're like you sell drugs. And to me, it's that gives me an opportunity to kind of their guards down, you know, yeah, they trust. And, and, I, and I could let them know, like, hey, like I've been through a hard time. I've seen all that. And, you know, you think you see the light, but really it's, it's just, you know, it's it's not what it seems Yeah, like you it's lonely, you know, getting locked up and going through that and going through a lot of those hard times. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking at these guys and just try to guide them and just let them know there's a different way. Like, you know, I'm over here risking money in business, but I'm not risking my freedom. Mm, you know what I'm powerful. saying? Like, yeah, you're gaining freedom. Yeah. In prison, you're you're literally risking your time, your money and everything. And you're, you're not even building a solid foundation at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So I, I like to tell the guys like, yo, you know, just look into other other situations. You know, like I didn't think that I could ever, you know, be owning a business like i would never think that i would own yeah. a business you know um you know back back then i didn't even think that was an option you know let alone multiple businesses you know what i mean so it's more just believing yourself and letting these kids know like you know there, there's people out there they're good people yeah. that'll mentor you you know what i mean and what i learned too albert is you know when you're in that crime world or whatever you have to be right and lucky many 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 times yeah how often do the cops have to be right or lucky one time to catch right. you so your odds are stacked against you. Right. Like they say, the house always wins. Right. At some point in time, you're going to get got. You're going to get caught. Right. So it's just not worth it, guys. There's so many ways to do it the right way. So many. And the right way, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the easier way. Right. So you can actually sleep well at night. You can have a really soft pillow, which is a clear conscience. That's the softest pillow in the world. 100%. So you spend time mentoring you're developing your business, you have a booming business, you have a lot of great clients. How many How many people do you have in your company? How many barbers do you have um, and staff in general? I think within all three locations, somewhere about like 25. That's awesome. Yeah. So 25 people that work in your organization and mm -hmm. then you have a you have a, lot, a product line too, right? And a merchandise yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to do that. It's fun. You know, I like to, to make product and hats and you know, um, just all that. It's, it helps me be creative. Okay. And then even, I know that you even do some corporate events. Um, you go into companies to do yeah. VIP treatments and um, ba basically giving back to the employee base. So maybe talk about that experience, how that's been for you. Yeah, that that's great. Um, you know, we first started in 2016, thanks to you. And I greatly appreciate that. Um, and since then, we've we've had plenty of uh, inquiries all the time, and I, I like to do events. You know, we just recently did an event at the University of Utah to kind of um, help bridge the gap of like you know the students understanding that going to a barber shop is not just getting your haircut. Like it's a way to kind of get to the community, open open up to somebody. You know, really just kind of let them know that this is a place where you can talk. You know, men, a lot of men don't have that, you know what I mean? So mm. it's, it's a place where men get together and you kind of express yourself. And, you know, that's the goal of the, the universities when they have us over there. So it's called Barber Talks. Barber Talks. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's awesome. So we go over there. We do a pop-up shop. Um, and, I mean, I've done different things like Bartender Recharge, you know, where they took care of a whole bunch of bartenders and we're just the barbers. Um, I like doing events like the sneaker convention. Like, that's how I ended up, you know. I got this, we're, we're about to do a sneaker convention slash expo, you know, and just networking through there and, you know, doing pop-up shops kind of put me in a position to do that, you know, and build those relationships. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's nice, you know, being a barber is fun. Um, 
working in the barbershop's fun. Like it's the culture. You got and you, the people. And you still cut hair. You I have your own I'm, clients. I'm, yeah. Lead them from the front, you know? I love that. Why do you lead from the front? What's the science behind that? Um, I mean, number one, I love to, like, I love to cut hair. Um, I love to mentor. I love to watch people grow. Um, and the best way I can really help the guys that are in my shop is just kind of just sit there, observe, cut hair, and have them watch me, you know? Like, I got certain clients that will pay me great, you know? And it kind of helps my voice when they see my clients pay me a big ticket and then you know then when i go to talk to them and say hey guys you know when i try to mentor them you know that kind of adds more uh you know just just gives more of a voice for, for me to kind of reach them so do you feel like your business is more you're a mentor that just so happens to cut hair yeah definitely. Or are you somebody that cuts hair that just so happens to be a mentor I don't even know. It's it could be it could go both ways. You know? So I think at this point, if you want my feedback, I believe you're a mentor that just so happens to cut hair. Cutting hair is your vehicle. It's your platform. Yeah. It's your art form that you absolutely love. Like I think you would obviously money is important, but yeah. you're so passionate about it that you would do it for free because you're right. so passionate about it. And because you're willing to do it for free, you're able to charge massive tickets because you're yeah. so good at it. Does that make sense? What yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So dollars follow value, not the other way around. So when you're really good at creating value for people, those dollars, you can command them in a really high fashion. Your pricing elasticity goes up, right? right? Where value is increased, dollars are able to chase that value. Anytime you have more value than what the price is, a transaction will always occur. Yeah. And you have, correct if I'm wrong, but you have clients from afar too that come see you. Yeah. That travel from distant places, don't they? Yeah. Um, you know, I got a client that comes from florida and he let i mean all the way from florida he has business out here obviously but he would prefer to get his haircut in salt lake with me because he likes the way i do it our relationship he's a business owner we have good conversations um so he comes from far and you know i mean even from salt lake i had a lot of people from you know utah county that came out that's why i like to i wanted to reach out to there you know and vice versa i still got people that come from utah county if i can't get them out there they'll still drive to salt lake that's amazing and then how this is this this question might throw you off, but how many lives do you think you saved through your counseling, your mentorship? Man, probably a good amount. I could I can say that. Yeah, a good amount. It's I I enjoy that. Did you ever think about that question? I I never have. No. But now that I'm asking it, I'm sure that the numbers have to be pretty up there. Yeah. Because as a barber, you're not just a, you're not just cutting hair. Right. Again, you're a counselor. Right. You're a psychologist. You're you're talking people off the ledge. You're saying, "Hey, right. don't go down that path. Switch it up. Right. Look at my story." Yeah. So, there's some that 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 I really wish I could help that I haven't been able to, and I sometimes I like think about that more. But there's definitely a lot that I was able to kind of mentor. Like I've been doing it for ten years now, so I've watched boys turn into men. You know. And, you know, just being able to cultivate that relationship of, you know, constant growing myself helps them do that as well. So I've been able to watch a lot of people from my chair to even the people around me. You know, I've, I've had people that work for me that that were homeless at one point, you know, like when they started, you know, and they and those are usually the roughest ones to just kind of mentor. And but I could relate to them. I've been homeless. I've been there with them. So I and I feel for them and I always see the good in people. So to me, it's a blessing that I'm able to be like, hey. You know, let, let's start working on these thinking errors. Let's let's get you to read this these basic books. Let's let's get you up. Like let's go. Like I see the potential. You got the skill. You want to be here. You're for you're here for a reason. So, you know, let's get to work. Love that. So, what do you do personally to up your game as far as education and having more resources to be able to share with others in the world? Um, for me, I, I 
I like to read books. I like to listen to books. Um, what's your favorite book? And it probably varies from week to week. But how how to win friends, friends and influence people. That's that's my favorite book. Why why would you say that one? Dale uh, Carnegie. I, I feel like I just lacked a lot of communication skills, you know, growing up and, um, you know, how to deal with people. But there was also things that I was good at. So that almost helped show me what I wasn't doing right and then what I was doing right. So it kind of helped me dial into like, you know, really being myself and understanding and being able to be more, um, more influential to people. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So in How to Win Friends and Influence People, he says really like the most beautiful sound in the world is their the own, their own name their own name right just yeah. something as simple as that and i notice you do that super well in your shop you call everybody by their name it's like they belong there they're yeah. a part of the family and you you do fantastically well with that and even understanding that people want to be listened to and right. quite often when we're in selling in selling mode or in business we quite often listen to others to respond yeah instead of to understand so in sales and when we're trying to do transactions, if we're just listening to respond with the very best go back or one liner, we're not going to get, we're not going to capture right. people's hearts and minds. And it talks right. about that and how to win friends and influence people. And if you think about it, you're, you're in the people business, right? You're developing your barbers, you're, you're acquiring talent and you're developing to be the best in the world at what yeah. they do to be yep. regal. Yep. Okay. And then we talked about this earlier. Um, you got in trouble because you weren't finding the attention at the home. You know, that's probably one of the factors. And I say this all the time, but if you want to meet the devil, you'll meet him in idleness. So yeah. when you're idle and we're just bored, you do dumb stuff. Right. If you think about it, when we were kids, when you were throwing rocks at stuff or yeah. doing dumb things, it's because you were bored. Yeah. But if you were playing basketball or you're on a team or doing gymnastics or at dance or at cheerleading or or volleyball or whatever, you were so busy, yeah. you didn't have time to do the dumb stuff. I'm too tired to do. Yeah. So with your kids, you mentioned it, you have them in sports, you have them in activities. How has that helped in your parenting? Because I'll say this, the scariest hood, you, you went through some scary hoods, yeah. the scariest hood you ever go through is parenthood. Definitely, definitely. So talk to me about what you do as a, as a dad and making sure that your parents, your kids are dialed um, in. Yeah, my... Uh, that that that's always been a priority priority to me because you know I didn't have that growing up and I had got my son into boxing when he was around eight. eight and and years by the old. way, your dad served some time as well, right? Yeah, yeah. My dad went to prison for selling drugs as well. So, yeah. So uh, I didn't want my kids to do that. I, I don't want them to follow in my footsteps in that aspect. So you know, um, I kind of looked at the root of the problems. Like, yo, I need to keep them busy. I need to keep the. We need to channel that energy, you know. And like, it started with my stepson. You know, he was eight years, or he was about eight years old, and he just had a lot of anger, you know. And and you know, I, he used to like to work out. Like, I'd do some push-ups, and he's like, "Oh, I want to do some push-ups." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, let's go." So, you know, I I saw that he would have that anger, you know, get into it at school, and you know, his he comes from a family of boxing, you know, on on his mom's side. So they had they all grew up doing that. So I'm like, why don't you do boxing? You know, his actually his grandma got him into it, signed him up, and I took him, and you know, as we as I took him and I was watching and I just saw him channel his energy into that. And he was such a beast, you know, and I was just like, dude, you can really kill it, you know? And, and he did like, 
he his first two fights, I think he went in unprepared, lost, got beat up, and as a dad, I was I was crushed. I was like, man, I feel like I got beat up in there. You know, sure. I was like, yeah. no. They had to stop. They're like, yo, his nose was so bloody. They're like, hey, hold on, stop. Is he all right to keep fighting you? They had to ask the doctor. So I was a little, you know, bent about that. So what I did was, you know, I started paying the coaches to train me personally. I'm like, hey, man, like, teach me how to, like, the fundamentals. Because, you know, I've gotten a couple scuffles, but, you know, not not a boxing. You know, that's way different. You know what I mean? So they trained me. And, uh, you know, he went from two losses after, you know, took a three-month break. He had a great coach that helped train me and him. Um, and he, after that, he won 11 straight, oh, took wow. second in the national tournament. Um, and it just doing that just kind of showed me so much. Like I learned so much just watching the the hard work, the discipline, because I so bad wanted to help him and his confidence and, you know, just get him to win that, you know, we me and him were training so hard and winning that like even the other boxers were like the kids were like, hey, Albert, can you can you come train us? I'm like, yeah, but you no, know, we're not playing. Like we we're we're boxing for real. We're we're not slacking. We're not hanging out. We're coming to work, and then we're gonna get busy, and then we're gonna leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of what it did, and um, you know, just you know, back to your questions. Like I, I watched that directly help you know him and put put him in a position. And in the meantime, you know, my daughter, and my son, they had played basketball and they did great. You know, a little junior jazz. It's not all year round and stuff like that. So, you know, I just kind of decided to spend a lot of time with my kids and, you know, get them to focus on that. You know, um, even my daughter's mom, she spent a lot of time, you know, getting them because we, were, we weren't even together. But she spent a lot of time putting her in AU and, you know, we'd go to the games and check it out. And, and you know, since then, like, my kids are very disciplined. They're way better than I was, you know? Like That's great. Like, no, that's great parenting, and it's yeah. great foresight. And what's really cool about that story is not only did you have your son doing it, you actually got so involved that you were doing it yourself. So yeah. you could be that much better of a dad to have something in common with your son. Right. And now it became something that you guys have created together, and it's right. beautiful. Right. So, so that's it was some of the best times. Yeah, absolutely. Traveling and training and, you know. That's great. Um, so being, and, and this is what's interesting is we interview a whole bunch of different CEOs and everything else. And, you know, you're a CEO with a ball cap and the gold yeah, chains yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, how does it feel to, you know, be a CEO and be a business owner and, and know that a lot of people are counting on you on a daily, it's not just you because yeah. your, your foresight, your energy, your, your innovation, your capitalization of your business is, is a lot of people are depending on you. So right. how does that mantle feel for you? Does that keep um, you disciplined? How, how does that? Yeah, it definitely keeps me disciplined. I mean, I got people that work for me. They got kids. They got to work out. You know, I, I have to grow for them to grow. So the pressure's on me. But I mean, going back to like, you know, idle time, like if I didn't have that pressure, you know, I might get bored. And, you know, I, I like to stay busy, productive. I got that pressure on me. And for me, I, that's that's where I perform. You know, that's where I do the best when I have a lot of pressure. And it, it just makes me want to work harder and learn more and, you know, see how far I could take my team, myself, my family, my kids, you know. So um, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming when I go through my own personal things. And I got people that are dependent on me. Um, but I have a great team to where, like, if, they're, if I have those times or, those, you know, those moments in my life, I trust my team and I can let them know and they just, they handle it. What are some best practices for you to be able to foster a team that cares about each other and is there for you in the moments in which you may not always be able to be there for them? Because life, life is life. Life happens, you know, ebbs and flows. The only constant in life is change. So sometimes you can have really high energy. Everything is flowing. And then you have personal things that you have to 
tend to. Yeah. So how have you developed a high performing team to be able to, you know, take the charge when you may not be able to always be there for them in, the, like, in these defining moments? I feel like I, I, I do my best to serve them. You know, I, I do my best to do whatever I can for them. Um, invest time, energy, personal time, you know, talk to them on the phone, mentorship. Um, and, and the more I pour into them, they're just, you know, they, they reciprocate it a lot. So, so by pouring into them, they're willing to pour back into the business mm -hmm. and to you, you've made those deposits emotionally so you can take those withdrawals whenever you need to. Yeah. But what happens is, and this is rhetorical, so I'll just pose the question is what happens is. If you're not putting in those emotional deposits with your people, with your team, and you're always taking withdrawals, your 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 bank accounts gonna get get emptied out. Yeah, you're gonna have a negative uh, deposit. You're gonna have a negative number in there. So make right. sure that we're always giving more than we're extracting. And it it feels and sounds like you do a phenomenal job at that. Because everybody I encounter that works with you has been a part of what you do. Yeah, they absolutely adore you yeah. because of the opportunity that you provide and how servant of a leader you are yeah so props to you for that thank you okay so the next question i want to follow up with for people thinking about getting into entrepreneurship that maybe today are working somewhere where they may not feel fulfilled they're just collecting an hourly wage or a monthly check they don't feel fulfilled they don't feel like they're creating significance and they want to take the entrepreneurial leap um albert what counsel would you give how would somebody get started um, I, I mean, I always say, obviously, you know, get your mind right, read books and get started. But as far as making like a, a actual effort it is hopping online and searching up different ideas, figure out what their passion is, what they like to do, you know, as a person, um, that way you don't like kind of set yourself up doing a job that, or a, a business that feels like a job, you know? So like, if you're into like, you know, serving people, you know, start looking into different schools for, you know, different service options and stuff like that. You know, if you're into products, if you're passionate about your beard and you want to make some beard products, start looking at what the different ingredients are and just finding a niche, you know? Um, for me, I, I like my barber had told me like, yo, you should be a barber, you know? And I kind of was like, uh, at the time, you know, I only had did a couple haircuts, you know, in prison, we did a haircut with the razor. So like you, you just shave it and then you put the razor on the comb and you fade it like that. And I really didn't like love it, but the dude was so happy and I got paid and I was like, dude, I didn't even want to want you to pay me. I wasn't super proud of it, but, um, you know, me doing that and, you know, later my, my, you know, my mentor, which was my barber, you know, at the time he, you know, encouraged me to start barbering, you know, and, and I took the risk, you know, so that's kind of the big thing is like, you know, I went from working construction, warehouse, not knowing anything about barbering. Um, you know, I even had people close to me saying like, no, nah, you shouldn't do it. Um, why were it, they saying you shouldn't do it? Just because they didn't think, be, well, number one, because you're not able to make money while you're in school. Or do you think it could have been, Hey, you're going to get ahead of me if you do this and own your own business. And I don't it, want you to getting ahead of me. <laughs> I like you when we're equals or you're below me, right. but you're threatening me. If right. you get above me, I got, I got made fun of for being a barber from, from my homies. You know, he was, they, they, they'd be like, Oh, what? You're a barber. You know, like, and I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's what I am. You know what I'm saying? Are they making fun of you now? No, 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 no. They're, they're looking, Why not? looking for mentorship ah, now. You know you what go. I mean? So, there you go. um, but you know, going into it, it it's scary. It, you got to take risks. And, you know, that's probably one thing but, I could relate to. But do the, re do the rewards outweigh the risks that you thought you were taking? 100%. Like, 1,000%. Would you, now knowing what you know, have not taken the quote-unquote risk? Yeah, no. I've, 
So you know what the risk would have been for you to stay status quo, for right. you to keep working those jobs that you weren't fulfilled in, just collecting the paycheck instead of actually doing something that you're passionate about that can just expand like crazy right. and that you're in charge of. Right. So ultimately you can show up to work or not show up to work. It's up to you. Yeah. You're choosing to go and cut your own client's hair because that's a passion of yours. You enjoy right. it. You love it. But do you have systems put in place where you could just watch the three shops and let them flourish? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I could. Yeah. And if, and if you really truly want, let's say that right now your, your answer is a little bit gun shy. Yeah. But if you really, if that was your strategy, could, could Albert put together a system where these three stores could be dialed in where they're running themselves? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the power that you have of being an entrepreneur and a CEO and a business owner. Right. So that's, that's a beautiful thing. And then Albert, I know you also have a passion for teaching and we talk about this all the time. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential. It's the application of knowledge that's power. And I know that you firmly believe in, in helping other people have applicable knowledge that they can put into practice like day one. So what are some of the things that you do to help foster the power of knowledge application out there in the world? Um, I actually, I, I love to teach at the barber schools. Um, I like to do classes. I've been to, you know, a lot of the different schools in, from Salt Lake to Utah County to Ogden. So how, how does that work? You have barber school. Explain how that whole world works because I'm not familiar with okay, it. Okay, so to get your barbering license, it, it takes six months. So you go to school, you learn, they have you start on mannequins, they have you, you know, do the theory classes, understand all like the different like, you know, safety precautions that you need to take. Um, and then you go to school for six months and, you know, that's that's just kind of where you learn, where you mess up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know when I was in school, I, I messed up a lot. You know, like, that's people come in, they want a $5 cut. You take care of them and, you know, you're under guidance of your, the guidance of your instructor and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you do that for six months. So I started, I actually was cutting hair at Vivint every week, every Wednesday um, for the inside sales. And that they had uh, kind of stopped it for a little bit. So I went to the barber school because, you know, that's where I was looking for barbers, you know, and I was I went to go over there to look for them. And, um, yeah, I went in there and I actually talked to the owner's wife, you know, that, you know, the owner had passed away a couple years prior to that. But she was the one that like ran the school and, you know, we're talking and she's like, hey, do you know anybody that's, you know, looking for, a, you know, trying to be an instructor? And me, I, I had never been an instructor. You know, I, I had my instructor's license because I had one apprentice at the time. And she was like, yeah, you know, you could start over here if you'd like, you know, and offered me a position. And, and that was cool because prior to that, like for me to get a job, like I'd have to go through a background check. You know, a lot of the times they tell me no because I have a felony, you know. And um, so they just offered me the job. What's interesting is you can be a business owner, but you can't be an employee. <laughs> right. Crazy. Right. So she offered me the job and I went over there and, and I found another passion of mine. Like, well, you know, it just kind of helped discover my passion of like teaching and kind of narrowed into where I'm like, yo, I can actually start helping these students from the ground up, mm. you know? And then because I owned a shop and I was good people, I had a lot more impact at the schools. So from there is kind of where I like started teaching from the ground up, started recruiting. And then, um, you know, from that point, like I got a lot of, you know, good feedback and I was able to start teaching at the different schools. Like some, like, I'll, like they'll reach out to me or I'll reach out to them. Like Paul Mitchell, it might be a beauty school. And they're like, Hey, we want you to come talk, tell your story, you know, do some haircuts. And, you know, I, I'll just go there, tell my story. And, and it's a great time. Do you think your story teaches even more than the actual tech, like technicality of, of cutting hair? Yeah, definitely. 
um, I get a lot of messages after I'm done with my class that people that can relate to it that are like, hey, you know, you don't understand how much this class helped me. You know, I hit a, you know, it, the school's been hard lately. It's hard to build clientele. It's hard because, you know, when I started, I was slow. You know, I, I wasn't that good. You know, I had a whole bunch of hustle, but I have a lot of skills. So mm. I, I really had to push hard to build clientele. So that's my main thing. I like to give back and I like to show them like, yo, this is what you got to do. You're in school. You know, I, I would love to tell you what you want to hear, but this is what you need to hear. You guys got to get to work, start building your clientele, mm. you know, and it, it doesn't matter about your past. Like right here, move forward. This is where you're going to really have a, a you know, opportunity to take yourself to the next level in this career. Love that. So let me ask you this. You just mentioned hustle and you mentioned skill. When you're seeking out people that work with you and when you're mentoring, would you rather have somebody with a lot of skill or would you rather have somebody with a lot of hustle? Definitely hustle. Um, I, I hire off work ethic and, you know, personality. Like if somebody has great customer service, they go out their way to take care of the client. That's that's perfect. We can you know, we can cultivate that if they're not that good at cutting hair. That's fine. We could teach the skill. You know, we, we have a whole crew of people that help each other. You know, our culture is like, you know, be your brother's keeper. Like if the guy's next to you struggle, struggling on a haircut, you know, don't be afraid to ask him if he needs help or, you know, ask, have that person ask the person next to him for help. So when it comes to that, like I, I'll hire if, if somebody's just hard working, they want it. They're hungry. I love that because awesome. I, I didn't know how to cut hair at all when I started school. Beautiful. So, okay. OK, Albert, so many nuggets, so many gems. So many discoveries, so so much of removing of lids. This has been spectacular. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Let me end with this question. So living life by design. So when you hear that phrase and when you have watched the podcast and have read books on, on the topic, um, final words of advice for all the viewers. What are some of the things that you do that people should be doing that you've discovered that work really well for you in regards to living your life by design? It could be on the topic of social, of physical, intellectual, spiritual, any of the above, what would be some of those um, key nuggets that you can leave us with today mm -hmm. as we sign off? The main thing that I really like, um, you know, that, that I've worked on in my life is just always be able to, you know, just, just trust the process and know that everything is going to be okay. Um, I've been through a lot of hard times. I've been through, you know, just, just dark times and by myself, but I always, you know, kept that faith that everything's going to be okay and, you know, I could work myself out of this, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what I like to, you know, tell people and share with them. Like, you know, if you go through hard times or some bad things happen, like, it's okay, you know, like, just, just keep it pushing. Uh, work hard, work on yourself. You know, I always try to look inwardly when, when things happen to me, you know, whether it's my fault or not, I still try to look in and see what I could do to help, you know, fix a situation or, you know, how I could take accountability so I can kind of just work through that. And, you know, just understand it's going to be okay. And, you know, things always end up okay and even better, you know. Like That's awesome. A lot, of, a lot of these hard times showed me some, made me appreciate these great times, you know. When you were going through some of your hardest times, did you ever imagine that your life would be as good as it is today? Not at all. Not at all. I, If I would have even asked myself 10 years ago, you know, I had like 10 years ago, starting barber school, you know, just being out of prison a couple of years, I, they had put me on a, like, as soon as I graduated, they put me on a barber probation, mm. you know? And I was just like, man, this is tough, you know? So I went from, you know, being on barber probation to being able to own my own business, mentor other people and open multiple locations. And to the point where right now it's, I, I got so much opportunities, such a great network and, 
you know, I just keep getting blessed. So awesome. You are I, I wouldn't expect and it. keep blessing too. You're a light yeah. to this world, brother. Thanks for being yeah. on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Much love to you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, love, keep man. on, keep on keeping on and keep on with the yes, success, sir. brother. Much love to you. Yeah. Thank you.